Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Family folks uh, doing some stuff. So give us a call. Be part of the show. You know, that number is uh, 800-808-8637. Or you can do the C Spire text at uh, 601-879-4395. And remember, no texting while you're driving. It's against the law, and you might run over someone. So don't do that. So, hey, what's going on this morning? Call me and let me know. Uh, we're going to be talking about just about everything you want to talk about. Uh, you can uh, what we can plant right now, which is getting ready, about ready time for your fall crops. Plant some stuff. Uh, I'm getting ready to pull up some pea vines and replant peas. I'm getting ready to pull up a few tomatoes and put down some more tomatoes, so my wife can have plenty of tomatoes. She likes those, and we've had real good luck with our tomatoes this year. Planted them in pots. Uh, that worked out really well. We had a lot of tomatoes and still got a lot coming on. So, we uh, just basically took old big five-gallon pots and uh, mixed up some soil and soil conditioner and uh, added some, uh, like, a Osmocote slow-release fertilizer, mixed in a little composted manure, and uh, put the plants in them, put a drip irrigation system on them, and they worked really well this year. My wife's been eating tomatoes two and three times a day. So, call me and let me know how your tomatoes have been doing. See what's going on with that. Oh, been talking to a lot of people here, uh, talking about different ways of gardening and uh, row crop farming. Y'all overlook me. I get tongue-tied sometimes still, surprisingly. Old men like me doing that. Shouldn't get tongue-tied, but I do. So, anyway, uh Somebody asked me the other day about frost dates. Uh, the last chance of frost, or the first chance of frost, uh, in my area up in North Mississippi should be somewhere around uh, late October to mid-November. Uh, down here in the Jackson area, it's probably like mid-November. I'm not real sure about that, but uh, just be ready. If you have stuff out that you want to continue to grow, have those uh, covers ready for them. Throw a net over them. Uh, I've got a big long net that I've had to use some this year to uh, kind of keep the birds away from the tomatoes and the peppers and uh, keep them from pecking on them. But one thing I haven't had this year, and uh, I guess we'll knock on wood here, beat on my head, folks, uh, haven't had the tomato hornworm. I haven't seen a single one this year on any of my tomatoes, which I think is really cool. Uh, I actually sometimes look forward to finding one especially one where the parasitic wasp has stung it and all the little white things are sticking out of him. And you know he's not going to do anything after that because he's going to have a lot of wasps come out of him. But I uh, hadn't seen a one this year. And uh, and I've always uh, kind of like grown one, what I call a Tommy Toe, or uh, what do y'all call them, Sweet 100. I grow one of those off away from my tomatoes. And uh, when I find a tomato hornworm, instead of smushing him, uh, I just carry him over there and put him on that plant. That's his, or theirs. 
and because they actually make a really pretty moth and uh, we kind of like to keep the moths and the butterflies around the house because they help pollinate stuff like the bees do so uh, you want to keep the bees and butterflies and my wife is big into the butterflies we have a lot of butterflies and we've got a lot going on this year we uh, typically plant a lot of stuff for uh, their host plants food plants keep water sources you catch them puddling out in the driveway what's your favorite butterfly uh mine is the swallowtails uh, my wife likes the monarchs for me the monarchs are a lot of trouble to keep up with they have disease uh the tachinid fly attacks them the parasitic wasp attacks them i've even got a picture somewhere on my facebook page and uh, you can see a lot of the stuff that we do uh, my name is Timothy R. Burris, B-U-R-R-E-S-S, on Facebook. Uh, or you can type in That Gardening Guy, T-H-A-T-G-A-R-D-E-N-I-N-G-U-Y. You leave out that second Y, uh, and you'll get me that way, too. Uh, I actually have a good picture of a wasp that has captured uh, a monarch caterpillar. And uh, is has eaten him about half up, and he's trying to drag him away and get him down to where he can fly away with him, I guess, to share him with other wasps. I don't know. Or maybe he's trying to hide him so the other wasps can't find him. Who knows? But the technid flies uh pretty bad with them. You find the chrysalis, or you'll find a caterpillar that's in the J stage with long white strings hanging down off of him. And you know then he might as well just do away with him and uh, go ahead and take care of him. Uh, and if you have a butterfly house the way we used to have a big one, uh, when one gets in there and you find the long strings hanging off the uh, chrysalis or the caterpillar in the J stage, you got to clean the whole thing out. you got to take everything out and disinfect the uh, butterfly house twice with a real serious uh, bleach solution. Uh, so, And then you start over again. Butterflies are a lot of work. We uh, didn't do quite so much this year. We used to plant about a thousand milkweeds every year for the monarchs. Of course, we have fennel, uh, dill, parsley, rue uh, for the swallowtails. Uh, we also have uh, pipe vines, the Dutchman pipe vine, which is that guy that produces a really neat butterfly. And the caterpillar, he kind of looks like one of those little black rubber sponges. He looks like he just squashed him with nothing. He's really, and I was really scared of him. I wouldn't touch him for a long time. Then I finally, one fell off the plant. When you touch the plant, they'll drop to the ground and run hide, and then they'll crawl back up the plant. So one fell off on my arm one day, and I kind of like, oh, no, I'm going to get stung because I was scared. But uh, he didn't, and he crawled up and down my arm, and I finally just held my arm up to the plant. And then he just kind of crawled back on the leaf and went back to munching. Uh, butterflies are extremely fun to have around. Uh, they're flying color, uh, more like a, you know all the flowers that start flying around the yard, and that's what you kind of think of. Uh, but when a butterfly, uh, you know, each one has its own particular plant, the only place that it'll lay eggs. And uh, you plant those plants. If you want to have a habitat, you plant those plants. You know, milkweed is for the monarchs. They will not lay their eggs anywhere on milkweed and milkweed is the plant they eat uh it's like 
the egg is about the size of a pinhead, and it'll be sort of a little light orange, maybe, or off-white color. And uh, the female will plant, uh, will lay about 200 eggs, and uh, she'll put one per plant if she can. Or if she can't, then she'll come back and she'll find another leaf. But she won't put but one on a leaf most times. And uh, when the caterpillar hatches, first thing it does is turn around and eat its own shell. And that caterpillar will be about the size of your eyelash. If you're streaming, you can see, you know, about the size of your eyelash. And in about two weeks, he'll grow to be about the size of your little finger. And uh, when he's there, all his job is is to eat and make frass and grow up, shed his skin, and get a new skin. Once he reaches full stage, uh, he'll find somewhere to hide, and he'll form a chrysalis. Uh, a lot of times it's right there on the milkweed plant. And the monarch chrysalis in particular is a gorgeous thing to see. It's sort of a jade green, have little gold dots laid around on it, all around it. And uh, he'll stay in that stage there for about a week to 10 days to up to two weeks, depending on how hot it is outside. And then uh, one morning you'll go out, and uh, he'll be hanging there. Uh, He may have just come out, or he may already be out. And uh, he'll be drying his wings. And uh, we used to keep them in the butterfly house. We used to collect the chrysalis and uh, uh, hot glue them to a piece of cloth and put strings of them up in the butterfly house. You can go to my Facebook page and see some of those pictures. And so sometimes we would have 25, 30, 40, 50 butterflies hanging out in the butterfly house because uh, for the first two days they don't eat. Uh, uh, the monarch in particular has uh, got to sew his proboscis back together. It's in two pieces and they uh, work to weave it back together. The wings have to dry out and so, and then we would take them out and release them. We'd put them on a something like a, a budlia or a zinnia. Uh, as butterflies really like zinnias. Uh, they like big flat flowers they can sit on and just kind of graze on the food. And then uh, they'll eat, move around, start the whole process over again. And the monarch is the only butterfly that comes through from uh, Southern California and Mexico. Goes all the way up towards Canada and then turns around, makes the return trip back every year. It's the only one I know that does that. Now, that's my wife's favorite butterfly, and she has a lot of fun with them. Uh, the male, the difference between the male and the female. Uh, the female is a beautiful uh, orange sort of color with the black lines. And then the male on his lower wings will have a black dot on each one of the lower wings. Wings. And uh, he's the male, and that's the way you tell them apart. And then you got one called a viceroy. Uh, and uh, the way he he looks so much like a monarch, and people mistake him for the monarch. But if you look across the bottom of his wings, he'll have a little half-moon-looking black stripe, and we call that the smile. So uh, that way you can tell the difference between the monarch and the viceroy. Pretty neat. Of course, now my favorites... Or the swallowtails, and it's fun. Oh, oh, one other thing about the monarch. If you like rock music, you can get up close to the monarch caterpillar, and you can yell real loud, bang your head, like the song. And the caterpillar, if you're watching, will do this. He'll bang his head. And it is hilarious. It is so much fun to watch. 
So, but anyway, back to the swallowtails. I like them, uh, especially just the plain old black swallowtail. Uh, I like him uh, and her. Uh, there's the yellow one, the black one, and then there's the yellow one with the black on it, a little more black. And so different ways to tell them apart. Uh, and then the uh, uh, spice bush swallowtail, I believe it is. That's your state butterfly. Don't forget that. There will be a test later. You know, nobody's calling in yet. Everybody's tongue-tied. They hadn't had their coffee, have they? No, this, right around here, this is where the time everyone's trying to wake up, and yeah. it's just Saturday morning. Yeah, they, They're either getting up early to go to work or just chilling for the day. Drive over here this morning, it was dead. There was nobody on the roads. I thought that was amazing. Oh, yeah. That that would be like, for me, that would be the best time to be driving is when there's like nobody on the road. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. You know, I'm, I don't, I live in a small town now, so I'm not used to the big town traffic, even though I can still navigate it. But anyway, uh, y'all uh, get that coffee sucked down, and <laughs> I think I'll have a drink. And uh, call me and let's talk. I want to hear what you want to talk about. Y'all don't want to listen to me rattle all morning. <laughs> well, we do have a few texts that came in. Uh, Brenda, uh, she sent us a beautiful picture of of this plant. And she says, I let these Maya po- May Pops grow every year for little orange butterflies. Yard looks awful, but they love it. They come every year. Oh, yeah. That's a May Pop, huh? Well, she did let it grow up. Yep. That looks really good, Brenda. You did well with that. And you're going to have lots of Gulf fritillaries and uh, the variegated fritillary. And then there's another one called the Great Spangled Fritillary, but they kind of run around for another plant. Uh, you're going to have a lot. Just watch for those little orange butterflies. They are pretty neat. And uh, the caterpillar is really neat, too, because uh, he's orange with little black-looking spikes all around him, and he looks wicked, but he won't hurt you. He will not hurt you. Uh, yeah, that is really, that is a great, you did good on the arbor there. I can see that. I like that. I let mine grow up. I've got a kind of like a, I took four posts and built a frame on top of them and put a bed spring on top of it. And uh, now we're filling it with wine bottles, blue and green wine, or actually Perrier bottles too. You know, the green ones are Perrier bottles. And when we can find a blue wine bottle or some of the, you know, there's some of that beer that comes in a blue bottle. We won't call their name because I don't know if they sponsor this or not. So we put some of them up there, and uh, it's pretty neat. And we let our pipe vine, I mean a uh, passion vine, grow up in. Uh, that's what I call this, you know, the Maypops. It's got the little fruit on it. Kids used to grab them, pull them off, throw them on the ground, and make them go pop. Uh, some people make jelly out of them. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah, okay. and then we got another text that came in. It's uh, Terry from Bogachita. He says, does milkweed grow wild in the South Mississippi, or do you have to plant it? It grows wild on the side of the road everywhere. Uh, the There's about a, oh, eight or ten different ones that grow on the side of the road. You'll see them. Uh, they have a little orange-looking flower on them, uh, and you'll find them. They're hard to dig up if move. They have got a long taproot. So when you try to get one, try to wait till the fall to get it, or just collect the seeds. You can take the seeds and let them dry and then plant them. You can actually throw them out in the fall of the year, and then they'll come up in the spring. 
But once you get it, know that it's invasive. It's like a rhizome. It grows underground and goes everywhere. And uh, you will have a lot of it. I prefer the non-native tropical milkweed. The leaves on it are much more tender. It's smaller. And the monarchs tend to go for it. Uh, And I do keep it from flowering until the end of the year because I'm not interested in the flowers. I've got enough other stuff in the yard for the butterflies to nectar on. I mostly want the foliage because one monarch caterpillar will eat the entire plant. So you need a lot of them. And uh, so we put – and we actually had sleeves that were about 18 inches long and about 10 inches in diameter. And we would pull those sleeves down. They're made out of no-seam cloth and – or for some of you, a uh, tool like you use at weddings would be something you can make that out of. Or the painter's sleeves to protect them from the wasp and the flies. So, let's see. He even reads the – oh, that much. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was reading all your text here. <laughs> he's, he's pretty uh, – there, there. Okay. Uh, Bradley and Marietta. What's he say? WTVA reported the monarch butterfly is an endangered species now. Yes and no. Uh, There's a lot of controversy going on about that. Uh, We got off into that right there. So, yep. Oh, okay. So it's time to see what's happening around, huh? That's about time for us to get off air real quick, but we'll be back on air. All right. We'll see you shortly. Stay with us. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it? Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. (laughs) I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. 
Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. Call 1-800-217-4380. That's 1-800-217-4380. Again, 1-800-217-4380. Billium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pilium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. All month long, we're celebrating the red, white, and blue at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. We're celebrating your freedom to shop and save big on an amazing selection of Mazdas. Every car, SUV, and crossover in stock is priced to move. Plus, we're offering low interest rates that will save you thousands. For example, get super low 1.9% financing for 36 months on most 2022 Mazdas. That's right. 1.9% financing on almost every 2022 Mazda. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. So come celebrate the red, white, and blue and save big while doing so. Only at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. Look through credit like model CEO for details. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I was off reading something other not paying attention. Good thing I saw him point at me and say, hey, time for you to talk. <laughs> Good morning again, everyone. My name is Tim Burris. I'm the gardening guy, and no, Nellie doesn't have a frog in her throat. Daniel, have you ever noticed that she looks a lot like uh, Janis Joplin? A little bit. I mean, I could kind of see it every now yeah. and then. <laughs> yeah. It was the first thing that caught me the first time I saw her. I thought, hey. I've seen her. <laughs> Wonder if she's kin. But uh, hey, uh, we were talking to uh, about the milkweed, Terry, wasn't it? About the milkweed growing wild. Yeah, you do find it up and down the road in uh, Tishomingo Park. I have found a lot of it up in North Mississippi. Uh, like I say, it is hard to dig up. But if you do try to get it in the fall or catch it flowering, 
and get the big seed pods off of it. Uh, then just take the seed pods home, put them in a jar, and uh, throw maybe a quarter or a couple of quarters in that jar with it. And then you just take the jar and spin it around, and it'll separate the white fluffy stuff from the seeds and uh, make it easier to clean. So, hey, yeah. Uh, let's see. we got here Susan. Uh, what's Susan saying? Where is the best place to get thornless blackberries and when to plant? I don't know where the best place to get them from. Uh, there's a guy that lives in, uh, named Mr. Mills, that lives in Buckatuna, that had a blueberry farm, and that's where I used to get all of mine. They were all the Rabbit Ivor series, and uh, he had great plants. They were grown and rooted right here in South Mississippi, and so they were acclimated to the weather and everything, so they were really great plants to have for this. Now, I don't know if Mr. Mills is still doing that or not. Uh, you can find him on Facebook as David Mills. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing the blueberries or not, but he does uh, roses uh, on Fortuniana rootstock, and I think he does a lot of other stuff now. You uh, think he's even doing some own root roses. So uh, just uh, I don't know of any other way to tell you to get in touch with him other than his name is uh, James Mills. And he's on Facebook. So uh, give him a shot or look up Mills Roses, something like that. Uh, but, uh, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, and then, like I say, and mine are doing well. And don't forget, they like to be up on a berm uh, or a raised bed or on a hillside because they need good drainage. And you need more than one variety. You need at least two to three varieties, two at least, so that they can cross-pollinate and make berries. And then the different ones from uh, – Spring to fall as to when they bloom and put berries on. Ray in Gluckstadt. Is that how you say that? I usually say Gluckstadt, but one time I was driving down there and my GPS said Glutstadt. Yeah. Hey, I love the voices on the GPS. They're funny. Uh, what is the safest way to deal with yellow aphids on the milkweed plants without hurting the butterflies? Basically, the aphids are not going to hurt anything. Uh, the fact that the aphids are there tells you that you are growing as close to organic as you can. Uh, I don't usually do anything. I do keep the blooms cut off until the end of the year because that's what really attracts them. Other than that, uh, soapy water is about the best way to take care of them. Just mix up some, about a teaspoon of Dawn or something like that in a gallon of water and put it in a spray bottle and just spray them. It'll basically, uh, they're soft-bodied insects, and it will suffocate them. But if you don't have to, uh, or you can just take a, a, a rag. If you don't have a lot of them, you can take a little rag and just wipe them off. They will make the leaves turn black, but the butterflies, I mean, the caterpillars will eat them anyway. But uh, the, the aphids won't hurt the milkweed, and they will not get on your other plants. So you really don't have to worry about them too much at all. If you can deal with it, just leave them there and let them rip. Uh I'd like to say keep the blooms cut off and uh, the uh, uh, the little beetles won't hang out there on your milkweed. And that's the biggest reason I do that because I don't want those beetles everywhere. Uh, thanks for the question. That was a great one. I like that. Uh, okay. Brenda, you're back. Uh, they attach to my house and all over, and I get to enjoy them. Have to fight with the geckos. Yes. The geckos love the caterpillars for food. Best way to handle the geckos is glue boards for mice. 
It's what I do. I kind of put them around where I see them running. Uh, a cat works good for the geckos. Or you can learn to live with them. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, moles and voles. Uh, if you can... If you can't get rid of the moles, just think about it on the bright side. They air, aerate your soil for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's just like my house. Like my house is like we have like all types of critters and everything. I think mostly I've seen cockroaches or lizards. Yeah, and my mom's not a fan of either one. <laughs> yep, glue boards is great for them. You know, glue boards catch bugs and. Uh, Different places for the flying insects have got this cool new thing. It may not be new, but it's new to me. It's a spool. looks like a spool of fishing line, and it's white. And it's the, the little one has like 80 feet on it, and the big one has like two or 300 feet on it. And you just it's got two spools, one with all of the string on it, and then the other one is empty. And you just string the string around your, like your patio or something, and it's like a glue strip. And it will catch flies and mosquitoes like no other thing I've ever seen. So I'm waiting to go by where I know they sell them. Uh, the one with uh, about 80 feet on it is like uh, $10 or something like that. I'm going to get one because I don't like flies trying to get in the house. It's worrisome. If it wasn't so ugly, I'd put it in the house, but my wife would probably shoot me. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's the thing. My mom... My mom wants to like she she don't mind killing bugs she don't like the aftermath after killing yeah, after them. like kill all them, the guts it, uh, and everything it's just like yeah she doesn't want to deal with that got to <laughs> clean that window and that wall oh yeah uh, yeah uh, but that's the best way to handle that and like I said I'm I'm all about trying to catch them and those little water traps catch them really well I just don't like them because they stink and uh, of course the fly tapes are ugly uh, I've got these cool little things about. Oh, about 12, 14 inches tall now, and they're six-sided, and they got, they're got they real colorful, and they're sticky, and you can hang them, or you can just lay them on the counter, and flies find them, and it's like, whoops, you should have stayed outside, buddy. You should have stayed outside. Hey, just in case you don't remember, the phone number here is 800-808-8637, and that text line, which has been pretty busy this morning, is 601-879-4395. No texting while you're driving, please. Don't want to get all said you run off the road. Uh, since they made it against the law, you can't put the phone up on the steering wheel where you can see where you're going while you text. <laughs> uh, okay. What's something else to talk about? Growing tomatoes. Growing in the bale. How many people grow tomatoes in a bale of hay? That's a pretty neat thing, yeah. It's, I don't think I don't think I've ever heard of anybody growing tomatoes in a bale of hay. Yeah, well, you're in luck. I'll leave you the paperwork on it, and you can try it because it's a uh, it's goof proof. If you follow the instructions, it's goof proof. I've got this great friend, Stanley Wise Jr. He's better known around the world as the Wise Farmer, and uh, he's pretty sharp. And he had this idea about, oh, I'm going to say about 15, 16 years ago about growing tomatoes in the bale of hay. Basically, it's it's real easy and it's fun, you know, and it's when you use a bale of hay, you've got an instant raised bed. You know, you don't have to dig, nothing like that. And you're getting into the uh, different version of uh, no-till gardening this way, too. But you take a bale of hay and you can put them end to end, 
and you stand them up to where the cut side is facing up. And uh, this way, it'd be easier to work with. And uh, you know, another good thing about a bale of hay is it's, you have good drainage. You have to water more, but you have good drainage. And you have to fertilize more because you have so much drainage. But uh, it's a lot of disease resistance work in there. And you have uh, probably a lot more tomatoes grow. So if, you don't, if your hay bales are new, you need to condition them, get them ready. So you want to start this in the fall so they'll be ready for the spring. And it's only about a two- to three-week conditioning process, but, you know, you can let them sit there a little bit longer. Uh, so you take, like, hay in January, start getting ready, or February. Uh, start off by sprinkling about a half a cup of ammonia nitrate on the bale of hay. Now, if you go to the store to buy that, it's going to be hard to find, but you look for something like 4600 with a argonite or something like that in it, which makes it a slow release. You just kind of sprinkle about a half cup across the top of each bale. Water it in. Soak it till it's waterlogged. And on the next day, after it's completely saturated, uh, do it, um, water the bale again. Then on the third day, take another cup, half a cup of ammonia nitrate and water it into the bale. Water it on days four and five until it's completely saturated. On day six... The bale needs another half cup of ammonia nitrate, followed by saturation on days seven and eight. The inside of the bale should be warm on the sixth day, you know, heating up like it's uh, trying to compost. And on the ninth day, put a cup of triple 13 and a quarter cup of 0060 and water it in to the bale. On days 10 through 13, saturate the bale. And on day 14, see if the inside of the bale feels hot. You know, you just kind of dig around in it a little bit. If the interior above is above 125 degrees, wait a few more days until it feels cooler on the inside, and then it's ready to plant. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's actually quite interesting. I never really thought of that. Yeah, you can uh, you can get this. Uh, hmm, this was a Daily Journal article where I pulled it up, but... Uh, there's actually a uh, extension publication that you can get most of this from. Uh, the conditioning of the plant will uh, form a really dark, nutritious, and micronutrient composted matter. Almost any plant that can be grown in the ground can be grown in a bale of hay with a few exceptions. Root vegetables like carrots and potatoes and onions have some difficulty, and I'll talk to you about potatoes in just a minute. Uh, and corn and okra don't work well. Now, to a bale of hay, two tomato plants. One, uh, you just kind of space them about a third of the way so that you have even space between them because uh, you do need some air circulation. It helps keep down diseases and fungi like that. And, of course, it just makes it easier to reach around and pick the tomatoes. So just give it a go. Try it, as the English would say. Give it a go. <laughs> I uh, used to be an insurance adjuster, and I just uh, I used to laugh. I would call a company called Lloyd's of London, and uh, they would say, I'd ask for somebody in particular, and say, okay, I'll give it a go and see if I can get them for you. Pretty funny. Uh, when you plant into the bale of hay, you want to take about two cups of potting soil and kind of dig it around into that spot where you're going to put that tomato in the bale of hay. And that gives you just a little bit of dirt in there, 
and you stick the tomato in there with it, and you just pack it back around real good. Now, you're going to obviously have to water more often. So if you have a drip irrigation system running down your bales of hay, you're good to go because drip irrigation is kind of neat because all you got to do is go out and turn the water on. You ain't got to stand there with a water hose and water everything and wonder. Uh, the emitters I use, it puts out like a gallon per uh, minute. Or, no, gallon per hour. My bad. So I go out and leave them on for about two hours. And, uh, and you save water that way. You don't waste a lot of water. Not like that. Uh, and it worked real well with the tomatoes for me this year in pots, but it works real well with the bales of hay. And that's pretty neat. Now, we talked now he mentioned potatoes, root vegetable that doesn't grow well in a bale of hay. What they do, and I saw this at a farm up in uh, out somewhere in the sticks away from Boonville, Mississippi. This guy dug trenches all through his garden, and he put his seed potatoes in that and then piled leaves over the whole thing. And he got ready to harvest potatoes. You go out there and find some of the biggest potatoes, and all you have to do is just knock the leaves back. Pretty neat. I mean, you just dig a trench, shovel wide, shovel deep. Lay the seed potatoes down in there and then just cover it all up with leaves and just keep adding leaves. And uh, another cool way to grow t- uh, potatoes is in tires or a wire cage. You ever tried that, huh? I've actually seen people grow stuff in tires, yeah. but not in cages. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll finish this when we come back after the break. We would shout and swim about the coral that lies beneath the waves. Joy for every girl and boy, knowing they're happy and they're safe. We would be so happy, you and me. No one there to tell us what to do. I'd like to be under the sea, in an octopus's garden with you. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Hi, I'm John Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's. Quality and value go hand in hand. All Britain's, all Britain's jewelers. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Boats, rods and reels, guns and clothing. Shop for all this and more at the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo. You'll find tractors, implements and more for the ag world. And a petting zoo for kids presented by Southern Ag Credit. See the latest trucks from Chevrolet August 5th through 7th at the Trademark at the Fairgrounds. Brought to you by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. And sponsored by Southern Ag Credit. Adult tickets, 12 bucks. For more information, visit MississippiOutdoorExpo.com. And I'm the biggest goof of the week here. So, hey, folks, the number is not 800. It is 888-808-8637. My bad. Oh, I bet they dock my pay for this. (laughs) We all make mistakes. We're all humans. Um, We're not cyborgs or (laughs) machines. (laughs) It's kind of funny in a way. Uh, and I didn't really notice it. And before you walked in here to tell me during the break, I looked up and one of my friends had sent me a message and said, no, nah, that is a medical emergency number. <laughs> so if you have a medical emergency, you can do the 800 gig. If you're not, then let's do the 888 gig and uh, maybe you can talk to me. You may not want to talk to me now after all that. It's funny, though. So anyway, uh, back to the potatoes in the tires. Uh, 
that's pretty neat. Uh, what you do is you plant your potatoes in the bottom tire, and as the vegetation grows up, you add another tire and start filling it up with dirt or leaves or whatever and compost. And as they grow, you just keep adding tires you all the way up to about head high. Then at the end of the year, you just pull the tires apart and reach down and pick up all the toma- potatoes off the ground. It's pretty neat. I've actually done that. It's pretty neat. I'm, I, to be honest, I've never done that before. I've, I've, the only time I would see people grow garden stuff in their tires is maybe on TV, but in yeah. real life, that's hardly rare. Sometimes, yeah. uh, it's actually pretty neat. It works good, and the wire cage is, you know, if uh, you make the wire cage out of like chicken wire or even dog wire. Same way. Then you just pull the cage off, the dirt, and everything falls down. You just kind of scratch around and get the potatoes. Works real well. I actually got a gardening question real quick. Okay. Um, my uh, my next door neighbor. Um, he, I talked to him last week. I was doing some. I was cutting my. Uh, I was doing some. Uh, can't speak right now. Uh, it's. I was it cutting some grass way. in my front yard, and he was telling me that he was growing some tomatoes in his backyard. Yeah. And he said they're they're not that big. They're probably about like two, uh, two or three centimeters big. They're not fully ripe yet. Uh-huh. But he said squirrels keep getting to them, yep. like picking them off and just eating them and they just like them. all that. And he was wondering uh, what what is a way that he can basically keep squirrels out of his garden. Mm, my, that's a good question. Uh, maybe some cayenne pepper might work. Uh, it works on dogs and cats, so it might work on a squirrel. Uh, put a feeder out there with some corn. Maybe he'll leave them alone and leave the tomatoes alone. Uh, other than that, other than netting them, I don't have a clue. You uh, might put a little trap out there and catch them. Take them somewhere and let them go. Uh, I like squirrels. I don't like to kill them, uh, even though they're a rodent. I really don't. Uh, I don't want to kill them. Uh, they like Fritos uh, really well. So if you got, if you can afford it. <laughs> oh, I got a bag full of Fritos at my house. Uh, I used to sit out in the backyard and take the scoops and sail them at them, and watch them chase them and get them and have them to eat. So it was kind of a thing, you know. Me and the squirrels were friends. Uh, so yeah, I like that. Uh, so, do you have a Japanese maple? No, I do not. Well, that is one of my things that I like to collect, and there's lots of them. Uh, and I have a friend up in North Mississippi, out in uh, out from uh, where is it? A one, but Fulton, Fulton. Uh, out in a little community called Fairview, I believe it is, just outside of town. And uh, he has a wholesale place there. And I used to do the garden shows as a vendor and everything, carry Japanese. And I used to carry like two or 300 maples to a garden show and usually would sell every one of them because I would sell the small ones in one-gallon and three-gallon pots. But uh, Nellie sent me a text this morning and said Mr. T was really kicking and he was really pretty this year. And Mr. T is basically a Japanese maple, which is a weeper, and it's called an orangeola. And so, anyway, it's real pretty. It weeps, and then in the fall, it turns sort of an orangey color. Looks really neat. Uh, I've got probably 50, 60 Japanese maples running around in my yard. In my yard, not running around, but some of them in pots, some of them in the ground, some of them getting out of hand. Uh, but I really like Japanese maples. They make a focal statement wherever you put them. And uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk about with them is uh, when you have Japanese maples, remember, 
they do not like what we call fast fertilizer, uh, which would be like triple thirteen, triple ten. You know the dipping dot stuff. Looks like dipping dots in the bag. So, but they do like things and uh, the slow release fertilizers, the little pellets and stuff. You can just throw about a half a cup in there in the spring, and you're done with fertilizing them. You just got to keep remembering to water them. They do like water. And even in this heat that we're having now, in this humidity, uh, they will lose their leaves. The leaves will turn brown, and you'll think the tree is dead. But don't stroke like the tree did. That's all it did was stroke. It got stressed over the heat. So don't get too worried about it. Just reach up and pull the leaves off. Just strip them off. Throw them in back in the pot and let them compost into the pot. And uh, give it a little time. Keep it watered. The leaves will come back. I've got an emerald lace in my front yard in a pot, and it is now putting back on for the second time. Does it every year. It drops every leaf it's got and does it every year. Oh, Dot, send us a text. What's she got going? Please forgive my deer fence, but can you speak to and when and how to trim fig trees? They have never bloomed or made fruit. But if they do, I won't be able to harvest them. No, because you got to be out there the minute it turns right, because there's a bird sitting there waiting on it, or a squirrel. So, uh, trimming them, ew. I, that's not something I'm real well versed on. Uh, I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, I would say go on Mississippi State's website. And uh, just Google publications on fig trees, and it'll probably tell you something there and, have, and point you in the right direction. Uh, there's several people down there. I don't know which one to tell you to call. Uh, you might uh, check with Jeff Wilson. Uh, he's head of the Master Gardener program now, and uh, he's stationed in Verona, Mississippi, at uh, Northeast uh, North Mississippi Research Center. Might give him a call and uh, talk to him or Susan Worthy, and they can probably help you there. I am just not real well-versed on that, and I don't want to tell you a lie. But I do know that uh, Jeff would be uh, the guy to talk to. He's pretty good at that kind of stuff. And uh, Susan Worthy is his assistant or his coworker, whatever that is there. And uh, that would be a, they would give you a better answer than I ever could. So uh, just give them a call. And I don't remember the phone number, so you just have to look it up. Uh, but the picture looks good, and uh, your deer fence is bright and orange. Uh, so, and I see the other pictures. I just don't really know how to tell you to prune them. Uh, I really don't. Uh, they're kind of like some of the fruit trees. I know a little bit, but I don't know enough. To, I know enough to get me in trouble. Yeah, and if you want, you could actually text Nellie that same question next week when you she can. comes back. Yeah. And she'll give you a better answer. Yeah, she'll give you a better answer. I just don't know that particular thing there. I don't know that very well. Okay. Lisa in Clara, Mississippi. What kind of Japanese tree did you say you had? I need something that takes a lot of water. Ooh. That would be like a cypress or something. Mm. Well... We'll address that when we get back a little further. Listen to the songs of the fathers and the mothers and the many friends gone on before the war. 
radio on, turn the radio on, turn the radio on, turn the radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them over on the How to Do You Show. Get in touch with God. Touch with God. Turn the radio on, turn the radio on, turn the radio on, turn the radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Turn the radio on, turn the radio on, heaven's glory share, glory share. Turn the lights down low, turn the lights down low, and listen to the master's radio. Touch with God, turn your radio on, turn your radio on. From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. 100 years of farming, ranching, and supporting our 180,000 member families. From our state capital in Jackson to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Creating policy, advocating for a better way of life for all Mississippi. We've been there through the tough times when Hurricane Katrina blew ashore. There is extensive damage on U.S. 90. Triumphant times, winning the right to vote to protect private property rights for Mississippians. We introduced benefits like our insurance in the 1940s and fought to stretch broadband internet service from DeSoto County to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, from the ground up, not just a farm organization, 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. As medical cannabis slowly works its way to Mississippi, marijuana cultivators as well as doctors and patients have begun to sign up for a medical marijuana card, but the number of registrants is lower than expected. Melvin Robinson from the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association tells us that he believes these numbers will go up as soon as product is introduced to the Mississippi market. I, I wouldn't say anything's working too slow. I do think patient numbers will uh, see an uptick uh, once you know, pro more product becomes available, uh, more product is uh, actually being announced as being available soon. I think you'll see a uh, uptick in a lot more patient cards being uh, yep. issued and things like that. Um, we have to get more uh, providers online, and we're doing that now. Uh, the Department of Health has been uh, very good in making sure that uh, we're going to have providers here. The Mississippi State Department of Health estimates that medical marijuana will be available by the end of the year. 
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Jackson County residents will have an opportunity to discuss the possible sale of Singing River Health System in a public hearing August 17th at 6 p.m. There are 3,500 employees working at several locations for the hospital system, the county's second largest employer. Jackson County Board of Supervisor President Randy Bosarge told WLOX they have to do something. Right now it has over uh, $70 million worth of uh, bond debt, and then it also has of a 60 to 70 million dollar pension liability debt. It's an issue that's affecting community-based hospitals across the country. From what I was told, there's already been five community-based hospitals in the country that have already closed since COVID because they just can't, or either they've been bought out by another hospital system a couple of Singing River Health System retirees are circulating petitions for a public vote. If they collect 1,500 signatures over 21 days, there will be a referendum on the ballot in November. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. College football for 2022 is less than two months away, and earlier this month, the USC and UCLA jumped ship, leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and there was belief that the SEC could be looking at adding a couple more teams other than Texas and Oklahoma to outpace the Big Ten. However, it doesn't sound like yet based on this week's reports that the conference leaders are interested in further expansion right now. The SEC is happy with what they have, According to one SEC athletic director, we're positioned at 16 teams for a robust future, and that's just what we like. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports was able to confirm the Saturday Down Sports report that the SEC is staying put at 16 teams. There had been rumors the SEC was looking to add teams like Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, Miami, or even extending to the West Coast and Oregon. The conference will add Oklahoma and Texas in a couple of years. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Before heading out in your RV, go through your propane system safety checklist. Take a look at exterior vents and clear away debris and blockage. Check propane cylinders for wear and tear. Inspect all propane appliance connections thoroughly for frays and damage. Make sure your RV has a DC fire extinguisher and propane carbon monoxide and smoke detectors and have the vehicle inspected annually. Remember, always leave repairs to the professionals. Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Welcome to day four of Digging Safety Class. It says here we're talking post holes. Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude. Not so cool. I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. 
with realignment in college football's headlines right now. Another thing that comes to mind is the rivalries that may be involved, as rivalries have become a major part of college football and deciding factors for its expansion. One of the biggest reasons the USC wanted to unite with UCLA in this move to the Big Ten was to keep the rivalry alive between those two as well for the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum. And a similar concept in the SEC with additions of Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown, considered by some to be the greatest rivalry in college football. When looking at an average revenue and sold-out crowds, adding the duo to the SEC only makes sense in terms of the profit for the conference. Now, divisions are likely to come to an end in the conference by the time the Longhorns and Sooners arrive. Before the Trojans and Bruins depart for the Big Ten, the Pac-12 moved to a division-less football schedule for 2022. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Okay, and we're back again. I'm Tim Burris sitting in for the Garden Mama while she's off playing today or taking care of family. So she'll be back next week. So y'all be sure and call her and tell her how much you missed her. Now, uh, before I get too started here, I want to say good morning to Miss Sissy Bullock, the librarian at the Union County Library, who is my boss lady at my part-time job. They're listening in up there, and I want to say good morning and have a great day there. And uh, don't get too hot outside, because I believe it's a little warmer up there than it is down here. So, she's a great person, and I kind of take care of the yard up there, and whatever she wants me to do, sort of like a handyman. And uh, no. And the other thing I want to do is uh, I used to do this show a lot for Nelly a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and I always had one guy that called in every week, and I really miss him. He passed away this year, and I want to just uh, honor him by saying, Charles, we miss you. Uh, a friend of mine, Charles Buster, uh, he called in the first show I ever did. I didn't realize they live-streamed it. And I was up here doing the Johnny Fever thing, having a great time. And he calls in, and he says, uh, you do know I can see you, don't you? And so we kind of laughed about it. And uh, he was a regular, and I, I miss him calling in. So uh, the trees that need water. Okay, the Japanese maples do need water, but they don't need to be drowned in water. They don't like wet feet. Uh, if you're looking for a tree that requires a lot of water, uh, who is that, Lisa? No. Yeah, Lisa. Is that her? Uh, yes, that was Lisa. Yeah, okay. Uh, the best thing I can tell you is the red maple is a good tree for that. Uh, now, the red maple will nearly double in size every year for the first 10 years. Uh, it really grows. A weeping willow, but now the weeping willow, the roots do not grow deep, but they grow out across the yard. So if you plant a weeping willow, make sure that bad boy is at least 50 feet from your house because it will grow up under the house and buck the foundation if you have a concrete foundation. The others are the ash tree, uh, most arborvitaes, which are the like cedars and things there, you know, and 
the evergreens, uh, the bald cypress, which you said you didn't want. Another good one is the river birch, and that river birch has some gorgeous bark when it peels off. It really looks neat there. So, uh, yeah, I uh, that's what I would do. Those are the trees I would recommend. Uh, dot, let's see, was that? Yeah, well, the fig trees. Listen, while we were in the break, I, I did, uh, I called Brother Google here, and I read a little bit on fig trees, and I don't even want to get into that subject. That was long-winded, and uh, uh, in about the three minutes I scrolled through that and read it a little bit, I learned just enough to get me in serious trouble. It's kind of like karate in the military. You learn just enough to get you beat up if you try to use it. So uh, do that, or you can uh, text Nellie next week, and she'll be glad to get into that maybe a little further with you. I think she actually knows a little bit more about them, too. Uh, she may even have some at her house. I don't know. Uh, Joe. What's Joe got going? The name of the Fulton Yard and Garden that has the Japanese maples you mentioned. Thanks, Joe in Madison. Uh, his name is... Less something or other. And let's see if I can find his phone number for you. My phone, I don't need all that. Phone, contacts, and then go to Les. Uh, Les Hall is his name. And his phone number is 662 322 6674. Uh,. You can uh, give him a ring there at that number. That, I think, is a cell phone number. Now, keep in mind, unless he's outside, he's not going to have good service. It's up in a little community called Fairview, which is on Highway 25 North, just kind of like east and north of uh, Fulton. Uh, real neat guy. Has a lot of trees, uh, and he can tell you a lot about them. And uh, that's where I get all of mine at. I've really got some really cool ones. Uh, he showed me how to bonsai them and make them look like bonsais, which is kind of fun. Uh, you can fix them to where you can pull the dirt back and let some of the root, the roots get real gnarly and stick up out of the ground. Uh, looks pretty cool. And you can take a big round planter or a big square one, whatever, and put you a Japanese little bonsai, uh, miniature Japanese maple on the side of it. And uh, kind of bonsai it up a little bit and then plant stuff around it. And you can make a gorgeous garden for a sitting area and it'll look great. And it'll be it'll be a, a showstopper in just a season. Uh, Japanese maples always make a statement because there's something about all of them. You have the full moon series, which have the big leaves. And uh, you have the uh, lace leaves. I really like those. They're a lot of fun to grow. You have the red ones and the green ones. And normally, I would say some of the green ones take a little more sun, but when the case of the emerald lace, it didn't this year and it didn't last year. The red ones were actually doing better in the sun than the green ones, and I don't know. But all, all the stuff he has is already acclimated to this uh, part of the world, and it grows really well. And stop bringing your hands to him. Uh, so, yeah, give him a call, and uh, he'll help you out there. Now... I've got them everywhere, and I've let some of them get out of hand. And I like there's one called a, I believe it's a lion's mane. It grows kind of columnar. I really like it. So have fun with Japanese maples. And then uh, 
What else do we want to talk about? I really wish a friend of mine named Sledge Taylor would call in because he is really big into no-till farming and using cover crops, which I'm really interested in. He does a great job with it. Um, see, that might be him there. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> thought maybe he sent me a message. Uh, wasn't. Uh, he is a big-time farmer. He farms somewhere uh, about 4,500 acres of land and row crops, and then he has about 1,500 acres of uh, um, pasture and another 250, 300 acres in uh, hay crops. So he's a big farmer, and, and it's, he's got a place called the Buckeye Farms up in Como, Mississippi. And uh, he's one of the ones that went to Mississippi State and took an got an agricultural degree and then actually came back home and used it. Uh, he is really doing a lot of things. And uh, if you get a chance to, you can look him up online, Sledge Taylor or Buckeye Farms. You can really see some of the neat things he does. He grows corn and beans and uh, peanuts and hay and all sorts of things. And he has beef. He has uh uh, some really good beef there. Uh, but he does the cover crop thing, which is lagoons and things like that, to put nutrients back into the soil. And he actually has not plowed his fields, he said, in a little over 20 years. He uses the drill method, and uh, he drills his crops in, which is uh, a no-till. He just kind of plants them and covers them all at the same time. And the cover crops, the legumes especially, put nitrogen back into the soil. He has irrigation systems. And uh, he has saved a ton of money in fuel and wear and tear on his equipment by doing this because he's not in the field plowing all the time. And really interesting guy. I wish y'all could meet him. Uh, if you ever get a chance to look up on somewhere where he's speaking or read one of his papers, I really recommend that you do it. He's a fifth-generation farmer, and he's a really cool guy. A couple of years older than I am, but he's still a cool guy. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Choosing a cover crop. Let's see. What does he say he uses? Uh, wheat, cereal rye, barley, oats, legumes, white clover, Austrian winter peas, hairy vetch, and uh, turnips and tillage radishes. So he just does all that and then uh, burns it down, lets it uh, dry up, and then plants right back in it without tilling it into the soil. And the nutrients go into the soil, and it's just like having compost laying on top of the ground. So every he's making dirt. Every year he's making dirt. So if you ever watched the movie, uh, what was it, uh, Gone with the Wind, where the old man told Scarlet he's about hanging on to the land because they weren't making any more dirt, he's wrong. We're making dirt every day. If you don't believe me, go out in the fields and look, out in the woods and look. We never go out there and till anything out there, and everything grows great. So, all right, let's see. We need to find something else to talk about. Who's got hydrangeas? Anybody got them? They're really pretty, and they're easy to work with. They're not a big, bad bush that's hard to grow and everything. There's the mop heads and the... The uh, lace caps and several other different kinds. And I've got some of all of them, I think. Uh, I really like the uh, native one, the oak leaf. 
for you Mississippi State fans, that's your hydrangea because in the fall, the bark will turn that maroon, which is your color, you know. So, uh, And the blooms dry so well on the oak leaf. They're really pretty. You can clip the blooms off, hang them upside down, and you can dry them and paint them any color you want to and stick them in your Christmas tree and use them in uh, vases and stuff just to make dry flower arrangements. Uh, I've got a lot of different ones. Uh, the limelights are some of the newer stuff that people are getting. The limelights are really neat. They grow on old wood and new wood. So, you know, they're a little easier to prune. Some of the older ones only re- only bloom on old wood, which means they bloom this year. And then if you're going to prune them, you need to prune them within two to four weeks after they finish blooming. Now, I don't really prune mine a lot like that. I keep them cut back off the sidewalk because I got the sidewalk because I want to walk on it. I'm not interested in having flowers growing out over it, so I generally keep the stuff cut back off of it. Uh, cut a lot of the blooms and keep them in the house for flowers because we got so many of them. My wife counted them here a few weeks ago, and it was a lot of them. It was way over 100. It might have been closer to 150. So we keep blooms clipped and in the house, and she carries some to work and put on her desk, and uh, I carry some to the library and put in vases. That's pretty neat. So, But anyway, the hydrangeas that bloom on old wood, just like roses that bloom on old wood, uh, you clip them within about two to four weeks after they finish blooming. Of course, with roses, you, you're cutting them back to keep them blooming till the end of the year, and then you do the prune cut. Uh, but hydrangeas, you just do that. And uh, if they're getting too big, you can cut them way back. Uh, even the ones on old wood, uh, they will come back. They may not bloom the next year, or they may have just a few blooms, but they will come back. But then there's some like the lace caps and some like the uh, limelights. Uh, I usually prune them back to nearly waist high every year. I've even seen people cut them back to the ground, the limelights especially, and they come back with a vengeance. There's the limelight, and then there's a the little lime that I've got in front of the house that didn't get the memo about it being little. It's grown up pretty good, and it really I cut it back last year to right about waist high, which is where I wanted it to stay. And this year, it is covered in blooms. It looks better than it ever has, even when it was fresh in the ground about 10 years ago. I've had trouble with it. The big limelights, I cut them back. Uh, I'm a little conservative there. I cut them back about chest high on me, which is what? Mm, about four and a half foot. And because uh, I'm only like five nine, five ten, uh, I'm not a real tall guy anymore. Never was. Was 5'11". They told me in the military, but I seem to have shrunk. Um, but anyway, on the limelights, I cut them back drastically. I cut them back, uh, cut about a third of them off and cut the blooms off in the winter to, before winter so that the blooms don't fall over and break the limbs. And then in the spring, that's when I do my severe pruning. And, you know, I do that just about the same time I prune my roses. Uh, the roses I prune the same way. In the fall, I prune them back about chest high just so that they don't get heavy and bend over and break the limbs. Um so, and then in the spring, usually around when the uh, forsythia blooms, which is that yellow flower uh, and bush that you got everywhere, or President's Day, 
whichever comes first. I do my pruning then, and uh, like I say, I cut them back probably about waist high or so. And this year especially, I don't know what I did different. Uh, I did throw some fertilizer out this year. I don't usually throw a lot of fertilizer out. I'm not really big into chemical fertilizers. I'd much rather throw out compost. But I don't have a pickup truck anymore, so I didn't have a way to haul a lot of it. So I used a little chemical fertilizer, and they look really good. I used triple tin, and uh, sometimes I use the blue water on my pots if I've got one in a pot. Uh, And just for instance, folks, if you have potted plants, you can overwater them as well as underwater them. Rule of thumb or rule of finger is to take your index finger and stick it down in the soil two knuckles deep. If it's wet, don't water it. If it's dry, water it. Water it thoroughly until it runs out the bottom, and then just keep on watering it for a little bit, then quit. Let it drain. Uh, in this 100-plus heat, you're probably going to have to water every day. Uh, my hydrangeas have done exceptionally well this year, considering the heat, and I haven't watered that much. Uh, I did water a few times, but... They've done really well. They didn't do the wilt thing like they usually do. Usually, hydrangeas wilt in the afternoon, and you think they're going to die, and you think, oh, I need to run out there and water it, but don't. The next morning, they'll look great. They'll be standing up pretty and perky again and look pretty good. So uh, I do uh, like to cut the blooms, as I said, and put them in vases and everything, and then we usually cut. We do a nature tree every year at Christmas, so... We cut a lot of the blooms, and we take clothespins and hang them upside down on uh, clothes hangers and let them dry, and then we paint them gold and white and different colors, and we can stick them into a Christmas tree, depending on the theme of the tree that year, and it makes it really pretty. Oh, there's that music again. But y'all hang with us, folks, and uh, I'm missing the calls. I'm not getting the love this morning. They're boycotting me. <laughs> I will be right tomorrow. I just burned a tanner, a street deep in the window cell here. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really soar. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it? Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. 
You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Frederick's has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment serving you since 1993. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as... That's 800-730-8405. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. When you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get great savings and round-the-clock protection, which is as beautiful as looking your firstborn child in the eyes for the first time. Well, that's a bit much. Maybe it's more like looking your second-born child in the eyes for like the third or fourth time. Point being, the savings and round-the-clock protection are really, really magical. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Thanks, everyone, for baking your way here on this toasty morning. Are you all ready to jam? Excellent. Before we get rolling, let's start by hashing out everything Bagel will be discussing. Profit margins are okay, but they could maybe be butter. Sorry, I don't mean to waffle. Next quarter, it's all or muffin. Did you have a question, Sausage Patty? Um, my name's Patricia. When you can't take your mind off breakfast, it matters where you stay. Delicious breakfast available at our Hilton family of brands. Hilton, for the stay. Mama, like a wagon wheel, rock me, mama, in a way you feel. Hey, mama, rock me. Oh, rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, hey. Oh, hey, we're back. Sorry, I was reading. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. 
This is Tim Burris, a.k.a. That Gardening Guy, sitting in for the garden mama while she's off playing, having a good time, and visiting with family. Everybody needs that sometimes. Family is uh, sacred. Uh, got a couple of texts during the break from some friends of mine on my own phone. Uh, I'm glad I got the ringer turned off because it would be blowing up if I didn't. Uh, I used to have one buddy that used to like to call because he thought I wouldn't turn my phone off. It would ring, and he would hear it on the radio. And then I wouldn't answer it, and he would text me questions that I couldn't repeat on the radio, too. So, uh, One of the texts I got uh, was about sunflowers, people wanting to grow sunflowers. Well, that's one of the easiest things in the world. Two of my favorite flowers to grow for pollinators are sunflowers and zinnias. Uh, and they're easy to grow. Uh, I, I personally, in the zinnia, like the California giants or the Benari giants. Uh, I try my best, even though they're called a giant. Is uh, my wife taught me that uh, when they get the second set of leaves on before the third set comes on, to pinch it and make it branch out uh, and uh, see what was going on there, and it would make it branch out, and you'd have two blooms instead of one coming up through there. So, and zinnias are one of those flowers. When they grow up, they're really pretty. And then when they start to turn brown, you deadhead them. And they'll bloom again. And they'll bloom and bloom and bloom till frost. Sunflowers are the same way. I like the way they grow up tall. Uh, when I did truck patch farming, uh, sunflowers and zinnias were two of the flowers that I sold at the farmer's market every week, along with the vegetables and stuff. And so, anyway, um, uh I had one customer that would come by, and he would get like a five-gallon bucket full of sunflowers because it was his wife's favorite flower. Uh, but what I like about them is the bees just hang all over them, and uh, they're easy to grow. You don't have to do much of anything. Uh, you can uh, put a, your favorite herbicide in the area and just kill the grass down. And then you can just go out there and take a bag of soil, and you just throw the sunflower seeds or the zinnia seeds out on the ground after about two weeks, and then just take some of that soil and just scatter it like chicken feed. If you're watching online, you can see me throwing my hand around like I'm feeding the chickens. And uh, then just keep it watered. They'll grow. Put plenty of seeds out, especially the sunflowers, because the birds like them, and they'll come along and get them. It's a little bit harder for them to see the zinnia seeds. One thing you don't want to do with zinnias is you don't want to overplant zinnias. You need about eight to ten plants per square foot if you want a thick patch of them. And uh, so don't overplant because you have just about a 90 plus germination rate. And uh, okay, we have got one of my favorite people on the line. Joyce Inman from uh, Sardis, Mississippi, and she's one of the ones that texted me over the weekend, I mean over the break, and said, do you want to talk about HVX? And I said, yes, because I don't know what it is. I hadn't heard of it other than the fact that it has something to do with hostas. So, Joyce, are you there? Hi. Hey, hey. Tim. I am here. How are you? I'm great this, this morning. morning. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, if y'all don't know, before you get started, oh, sorry, if y'all before you get started, if y'all don't know, this is the orchid queen of North Mississippi. <laughs> this woman has some of the most beautiful orchids I have ever seen in my life, and she has a house full of them. 
and her husband uh, Cliff helps her take care of them and does all her building for her. So it's a great thing. But I am glad to hear you, and she has one of the most beautiful gardens I've ever toured in my life. So tell me about HVX. Thank you, Tim. I, pre- I pre- appreciate that. You got to come and see me again. We need we need to visit. We need we need to, to meet back up. We do. Yeah, HBX. I have a lot of hospice too. I do have orchids that I've had for years, but I have a lot of hospice too. You do. I, I saw that's that. A, that's a popular plant through the whole state. And I had read on and off about this HBX, which stands for Hospice Virus X, and really thought maybe it was kind of an overblown thing, even though I kept reading about it. And and yeah. what it does is it causes. Uh, the, the leaves to, to, it, to it's a it's a it's a virus that causes the leaves to 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 change the color changes they'll be color color patterns um, but there's no there's no cure for it there's and not? the only thing you can do is remove the diseased plant if you've got them in pots you can just destroy the whole thing yeah if they're growing in the ground you have to dig it up and try to remove every bit of the soil that you can and yeah. it can be spread just by touching one plant maybe there's some sap or you cut a leaf. Ooh. Uh, and you touch another one, and it can infect your whole garden. And as I said before, I thought it was was possibly just overblown, but I have just recently actually seen this in a nursery that was nearby. Yeah. It was in a substance. Does it turn the leaves kind of a yellowish, or does it make them striped or streaked or anything? Yes, it, it, it will cause – well, there's some substance, if everybody's kind of familiar with that one. Yeah, cause, the big one. It's just a solid, light, you know, light green color with a huge – it just has the, the single striations going down through it. Uh-huh. This one was mottled. It had darker green streaks and lines going all through it. And, uh-huh. and so my, my advice kind of I, – I was, I was really shocked to see it. Honestly, it was a small nursery, and I had not been there before, and I probably should send something to the, to the owner, and I think I will go back probably and do that when I go back to that town again. Okay. But I thought, you know, the people in, in um, the gardeners in the state or, or wherever – might be interested to to know about that or maybe read up on it because it's okay. here. It's been it, it, it like I said they're being sold you know all around and it it can contaminate all of your hospitals um, because it can be spread so easily from one to the other and there's no there's no cure for it. Yeah, that's kind of like some of the stuff on roses where if you don't clean your pruners between each rose when you're pruning, you move the disease from one rose to the other. So. Uh, that's so I really didn't have a question. Just, just like I said, I was just yeah. I was glad to see you that, put that um, up because that's something right new. Here, you know, in my <laughs> in my area, yeah. and uh, I have I'm like you with the hydrangeas and the orchids. I have a lot of orchids, but I have probably over a hundred hospice too. So yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more vigilant and watching for any any kind of uh, any kind of virus. And it doesn't necessarily show up. You can have a plant that maybe you've had for several years, and it will show up at that point because it's it's, it's kind of a slow. Uh, uh, transmission, a show, slow development uh-huh. um, of, okay. the, of the virus. Well, we'll keep our eyes out for that, and uh, I'm going to research this some more when I get home, and I'm going to leave a note for Nellie to look into it, too, because she's probably going to need to pass this on to the other listeners and try to see what we can do, because we don't... Uh, I, I, too, have a good many hostas. I don't have them in a garden like you do. Mine are just scattered hither, hither, and yonder. So, but thank you, Miss Joyce, for calling and Janet and I have got to get over there, and we've got to get together and tour your garden again. Because, like I say, it is without a doubt one of the most beautiful gardens. I've, I mean, to drive up to your house and pull in your driveway and then walk around and go through the gate, it's like walking into another world. It's just pure heaven back there. So, 
thank you again, Tim. We'll make a point to do that. It's okay. good to talk with you. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day and tell Cliff I said hello. You too. Oh, yeah. she's She does. I wrote an article on her garden several years ago, and she does. Uh, in Sardis, Mississippi, if you ever have a chance and you know her and you want to make prior arrangements, it's a sight to see. And uh, look her up on Facebook, Joyce Wilkie Inman. Uh, she has a fabulous hosta garden, and she has pictures of it up because I saw them the other day, and it's amazing. Uh, one of the other texts that I got on my phone during the break was from a, a lady, and she says, I need to do some stuff in the shade, and what are things that I can plant in the shade that will look good and may or may not flower. Two of my favorite shade plants for a garden like under trees and in lots of shade are ferns and hostas. So this all kind of runs together. Uh, The contrast of the textures and the colors of hostas and ferns looks great together. You can also uh, plant that grows shade or sun. It grows better in the sun, but it will grow in the shade. It's wandering jude, and it's purple. And you can plant it in amongst it, the hostas and the ferns, and it will look great. And you'll have the purple and the green and the different colors of the hostas with the variegated ones and the striped ones and the cupped ones that will hold water and the big ones like some in substance that Joyce was talking about. It's uh, it's really neat. I really like it. It just uh, it's the way to go. It's real pretty. It's soft and it sways, and then you know it kind of gives you that tropical feel. And you can add elephant ears into it, uh, even though they do better in the sun. They will grow in the shade. They just won't grow as tall. Uh, another plant that will grow back there in the shade a little bit, not much, uh, is uh, I just went brain dead. Can't remember the name of it. Oh, well. (laughs) I'm sure it'll come back to you. Sometimes when I have the thought and it just disappears on me, it'll Mm. it'll eventually come back. But on the day where I'm not thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I need one of those new phones that uh, not only tells me which room to go into and remind me of it, but also tells me why I went in there, you know. So, but anyway. Hmm. Canna's. Ding dong. Uh, the only thing about cannas growing in the shade is you have a lot of problem with leaf rollers, and they will eat the leaves and make a mess over there, and they get down in the ground, and they come back year after year after year. So, But basically, if you just stick to the hostas and the ferns, uh, they just look amazing together, and they can make a little place look great off in the shade. And like I say, when the wind's blowing or the breeze is blowing, they're just kind of going back and forth and they're rubbing up against each other and making that little wispy sound and it's real pleasant it's relaxing so hey fix you a shade garden put you a bench out there get you a book lord i better be careful my wife will be having one of these and she'll have a book and won't never leave i'll be looking for her every oh i got lots of text over here i'm the uh john I planted a couple of dogwoods in the spring and are doing well. This plant came up on the left and I can't identify it. Uh, From the picture, neither can I. Uh, But it doesn't look like it belongs there. So if I were you, I'd pull it up. 
You know, basically a weed is uh, something that grows somewhere you don't want it to be. So anything can or cannot be a weed. But it doesn't look like it belongs there at all. I would get rid of it. I really would. Uh, just reach in there and pull it up by the roots or get you a spade and go in there after it. Or, or a little trowel, rather, not a spade. So, yeah, get rid of it. Uh, Joe, what's going on here? Do you have a website? Nope, I don't. Uh, best thing you do is you can find me as Timothy R. Burris on Facebook, and you can see about two or 3,000 pictures of what I do. You can send me questions, uh, or you can email me at thatgardeningguy at hotmail.com, and that's spelled T-H-A-T-G-A-R-D-E-N-I-N-G-U-Y at Hotmail. Now, remember, only one G in that gardening guy. You get two Gs in there, you're going to get a crazy person in Australia with a vulgar mouth. So, one G. But uh, you can shoot me a message on Facebook, or I think I'm listed on Instagram as that gardening guy. And uh, you can do that. So, uh, no, I don't have a website. Uh, I used to have one, uh, and I believe I'm about to be involved in one. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I never really had time to keep up a website. It was, it's a lot of work. Uh, I am thinking about the podcast thing, though, so we'll see what goes on there. Uh, okay. I don't know what that's about. Dot, it bad again. When can I transplant or pot, whichever you think will work, a hydrangea that was rooted by the mother plant? Okay, that's a really great question. Uh, I transplant them in the fall. Uh, And I do it this way because you don't have to do too much watering. You do some, but not a whole lot. Uh, I transplant them in the fall, and then I do keep them watered. I don't give them any fertilizer, and then go from there and then next spring i transplant it into the ground now if you're going straight from ground to ground where like if you've laid a limb down and laid a brick on it and let it root that way and you've already cut it loose from the mother plant and let it grow for a little bit then in the fall dig it up remember to always have your pot or your new hole ready before you dig up the plant to move into it uh dig your hole about twice as big as your root ball and uh, about twice as deep, and then put dirt back in it, uh, and then give it a good mulching for the fall, and we'll finish this up right after the break, so y'all stay with us, and uh, keep sending those texts, you know, and keep calling us if you can. Drop it, smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea, because... Yes, you about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. 
Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on all cylinders. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we too want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-341-8735 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-341-8735. That's 800-341-8735. What do you have to lose? Call 800-341-8735. Again, 800-341-8735.
Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to come out of that song. Hey, we got uh, Brian from Grenada on the line, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take care of him. Then we'll go back to the text. So, morning, Brian. How are you doing? Hey, it's all good here. How y'all? Good, good. So you want to talk about raising butterflies? Something I actually uh, know a little bit well, about. kind of, sort of. I mean, me and you kind of got a little bit in common, if that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, I, I raised, uh, I got 360 southern Catawba trees. Uh-huh. And uh, I raised those worms and turned them to people. Yeah. And uh, sell them and uh, send them out to people that have Catawba trees that hadn't had worms on their trees in yeah. years. Yeah, okay. And uh, I sell a bunch of them. Too. I bet you do. That would be a good uh, business. Make good fishing bait, too. Thanks. Back going, yeah. I was wondering, do you know anything about that? Or? Uh, I don't know anything about Catawbas, uh other than, you know, I, I used to use them as fish bait when I was a kid. Uh, okay. But if you've got a good thing going, I mean, man, don't change a thing. And if it's lucrative, especially don't change it. But now, raising, butter, uh, raising butterflies is time-consuming, and it's a lot of work. Our trouble, listening to you earlier. Uh you know, like if you're going to do if you're going to do monarchs, and you know, unless you're just going to do the release and then do programming and talk to kids and carry them all to butterfly to let go, uh, you know, raising butterflies is a lot of work because uh, you got to protect them and keep the predators away. You know, things like that. Same thing with the catawba worms too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you uh, how do you protect them from the predators? Uh, you just when they come out, do you go ahead and go and get them off the tree and they just feed them leaves or what? Uh, we don't have time to talk about all the stuff I do, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I got like uh, when I whenever I see the eggs uh-huh. off leaves, I got I actually pick them. Yeah, and, well, uh, we've done that a lot with the butterflies. We carry the leaves in the house till the egg hatches, and then we just start feeding them leaves, and we're having a lot of trouble with predators and stuff with the wasp and the. Technet fly and all. But, uh, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Catawbas, like I say, other than fish bait. Uh, that and a thing that used to be a worm in it had a knot on it, and he called bloodweed. Do you ever hear that? No. Nah. Uh, it's just a stalk that grew up on the side of the road and then have a little knot in it, and then it keep growing. And inside that knot would be a worm, and they called it a blood worm, you know, on bloodweed. And it made great uh, catfish bait. So... Uh, that's about all I know about that. Like, where do, where does a person get that? Uh, I was thinking about maybe planting some of that milkweed. I just like I I I got Zena uh-huh. and a butterfly bush. I I like watching butterflies. Oh yeah, they're great uh, to watch. Like, they're flying flowers. Uh, there is a you just have to look online. Uh, I get mine. I don't know right off the top of my head where I get my uh, tropical milkweed, and you have to plant it every year. But I buy it like a pound of seeds at a time, which would be two, three thousand seeds or more. No, people be more like twenty thousand seeds. I'm sorry, and uh, about eighty to a hundred dollars a pound. Uh, as far as the native milkweeds, you just look around. You find them on the side of the road in uh, parks or at the lakes and stuff, and then just harvest the flowers, and then separate the seeds and plant them. And of course, you know the the native ones will come back year after year after year. In the tropical, you have to plant every year. Mm. You know anything about that powdery mildew that I get on some of my leaves sometimes that I don't like? Uh, a little bit, but I don't have the answer for it in front of me uh, to how to take care of it. Uh, I just I don't have the 
the answer to that right on top of my head. Uh, if you'll shoot me a text on Facebook or uh, call Nellie back next week, uh, she might can give you an answer off the top of my head, or since she's listening, probably she'll have it wrote down and be able to give you an answer. But right off the top of my head, I don't know the answer, and I don't want to tell you something wrong. Okay, no problem. All right. All right, man. Okay, man. Appreciate you calling. Okay. Uh, See, hydrangea, moving the hydrangeas, we got as far as having the hole ready before you bring the new plant to the hole, to the new spot. And um, just keep it watered and watch it and take care of it. Next spring, just keep an eye on it. Throw a little fertilizer on it and let her go. Should make you a whole new bush and be just as pretty as the old one. So let's see. That was that one. Uh, Ellie in Florence says, hey, I have a blood good maple in a very large container, several years old. Is it okay or should it be planted in the ground? Uh, Ellie, fortunately, unfortunately, a blood good is going to get pretty big over time. Uh, I have got one or two in large containers that uh, I am going to have to either terrace the property where the container is sitting or build a humongous eight foot by eight foot container kind of around it and then cut the container off of it because it's grown through the container into the ground and I can't move it Uh, or I'm afraid to move it I'll put it that way I could move it I could cut the roots coming out of the pot but I really don't want to and I like the tree where it is so I'm just going to build up around it cut the pot away and backfill it with dirt and let her go uh, if it is not rooted into the ground, I would probably, depending on what you call very large container, mine's in about a 15-gallon uh, pot, which is going to be like one of those big feed containers that I've drilled a bunch of holes in. And uh, that's what mine's in, and I'm just, yeah, I'm going to leave it where it is. And like I said, I'm going to cut the container away from it and then build around it and fill it back with dirt. That's what I'm going to do. So, But if you can... Put it in the ground, I probably would. I'd let it get in the ground. Uh, let's see, who's this? Uh, no name. Just says there's an app called Picture This that you can take a picture and it will identify the plant. Uh, some of those are good. Yeah, I don't have one of those on my phone. I'm still old school. I take a picture of it and come home and describe it into the thing on the computer, and then I find out what it is. Uh, then I, the guy sent me a video, and uh, I can't really tell what it is, so I just told him it was a little blurry. Uh, and then this guy, please send me a number to call in with a question. Oh, yeah, you done answered that, had you? Got it. Okay, and that was... Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Yeah, that was uh, Jerry Clark. He's one. Clark. Of, he's going to be our guest on our next show. Oh, is that's he? That's coming up. Oh, cool deal. He's the Catawba guy. Yeah, he That'll works. That'll be for, interesting. Uh, yeah, he'll he works for Green Home Solutions. Okay, that will be interesting because that's not a subject I'm really big up on, uh, and actually haven't thought about it in years since I was a kid, and that was a long time ago. Uh, and like I say, it was a fish bait thing for me, you know. I use them for fish bait. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? I'm starting to run out of stuff to talk about here. And that's odd. Uh, hmm. 
Somebody give me an idea here. Um, what else have I got going on? Yes? Uh, how about, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, how about apple tree, just to get an idea. An apple tree? Uh, I took a class not too long ago on how to graft them. That was pretty neat, uh, doing the different grafts. Uh, I grafted four trees, and I managed to save one of them. And uh, so it's growing in the ground. Uh, it has a couple of little apples on it every year. And uh, they're easy to take care of. So anyway, oh, we're going back to the music again. So y'all hang with us, and uh, I'll come up with something for the last segment here. Actually, this is the last segment. Oh, well. Okay, I guess that's it. Hey, this is Tim Burris. I've been sitting in for the Garden Mama Nellie Neal this week. She'll be back next week with special guest Jerry Clark, you said? Actually, that's for Handyman. Handyman. Oh, got it. Got it. Handyman. (laughs) Well, he comes up next. So y'all stay tuned and hang on. We'll see you the next time. Communication. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.